Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks so much for joining me today as I interview Kelly Guest. She is a Catholic author and her story is one that I think is truly inspiring and encouraging for all of us because her journey is of being a nun, a Dominican nun for five years before discerning that she was actually called to motherhood and now has nine children. And so I had a great conversation with her, but especially about her new book called Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness. And in it, she gives us some beautifully inspirational and encouraging stories for us to meditate and reflect upon. But in our conversation, we also talked about the fact that, you know, you just got to embrace the chaos and accept the fact that it's going to be messy. So embrace this podcast. And it's going to be a little bit messy, but I can tell you that you're going to be very happy that you embrace the messiness and you joined us for the conversation coming up now. See you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today I'm very excited to have a special guest with me. Kelly Guest, and uh, she's an author, and we're going to talk a little bit about her book, but um, she has a wonderful story, um, so I'm really excited for everybody to get to meet her. So, Kelly, thank you uh, for coming on the show and for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Christina, for having me. It's a real blessing. Thank you. Oh, not at all. Not at all. So I actually came across you um, and uh, kind of learned a little bit about your story. And I'm hoping that you'll share um, on your blog, None to Nine. And for people who, if you're trying to write it down, just as I did, I mistakenly you know, did it, but it's None, N-U-N, the number two, nine is spelled out, N-I-N-E dot com. Uh, but uh, Kelly, uh, I, I love your blog. It's beautiful, uh, especially in sharing how it is that you're living out uh, your, your, the Catholic faith within your family. But kind of share a little bit about your journey, because it's definitely not the usual journey. Yeah, I guess my um, little call, none to nine, gives that away, huh? <laughs> so um, when I was in high school, I actually looked into convents as well as colleges, because it was kind of a um, desire I had, or at least a seed that was planted in my head for, by my parents to perhaps um, consider being a sister, a nun. And so um, I, I didn't see anything that drew me to um, a convent. None of the convents I went to visit at that time seemed to be a fit. So I went to community college, not knowing exactly what God wanted me to do. And um, my second year in college, the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia in Nashville came mm -hmm. to take over an all girls Catholic school in my community. And so, um, 
I fell in love with them. They, they exuded such joy. They had the long white Dominican habit with the long black veil. And um, so I went to visit and I visited in May, um, Memorial weekend when all my college friends were off at the beach. I went down to the mother house to visit and uh, asked mother general if I could enter. So I entered that August. Um, I was in the convent for five years. So the first two years are novitiate years. Um, unlike married life where you can witness your parents living it out, you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. So the first two years, um, you're learning about living a life, the life, um, the vows of poverty, chastity, obedience that you will be taking. You learn about the Catholic faith in, in greater de detail, of course, and we continue on with our college education because we are going to be teachers. So mm -hmm. those first two years, I could have left at any time, but I was excited about getting that habit. I was excited about teaching in, in Catholic schools and um, sharing my faith and my vocation story. So I stayed, but made vows for three years. And at the end of that third year, towards the end, almost really, uh, almost the full last year of my vows, I started having the desire to get married. And um, I, I just started praying. I, I felt like it was probably Satan tempting me as my vows were getting closer. And um, I even went to Mother General and asked her opinion and for her guidance. And she said, well, you made vows for three years. So God will give you the graces to complete those vows. So continue doing what you're doing. Get up every day, live the life, go off and teach those fifth graders. I was teaching fifth grade at the time and um, keep praying. And when it gets closer to renewing your vows, we will talk again. So I was only about two weeks away from renewing my vows. Um, and I was in such, um, I don't want to say torment, but I really was, um, I wasn't getting the answer that I was begging God for. I was asking him, just let me know what you want to, me to do, Lord. Yeah. I, I love this life. I'll, I'll stay here, but you got to take away this desire to get married. And mm -hmm. it just wasn't happening. So I went to mother and I said, I I've been praying. She's like, I know I've seen you in the chapel. And I said, I, Satan just won't leave me alone. I, I still have the desire to get married. And she said, it's not Satan, it's God. And mm -hmm. I tell you what, Christina, that, that peace that just came over me, um, the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulder. It was time to mm -hmm. go home and see what else, what God had in mind for me. So I called my parents. They bought me a plane ticket. I headed on home and mm -hmm. um, met my husband about three weeks later. <laughs> mm -hmm. We got married about two and a half years after that. And today we have nine children, actually 10. One is in heaven, Thomas Gabriel, um, mm -hmm. that I miscarried. But I'm um, still responsible for getting nine to heaven. And mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> Oh, it, it, it's a beautiful one. And I want to highlight something that um, you just shared when you talk, when you went to see Mother General. And in so often, so, so many times when we're conflicted with what's the next step, and we're convinced perhaps that it's Satan at work, but rather it's God. And having a trusted spiritual advisor, someone who's able to help you be able to kind of step out of that angst and be able to see that is such a blessing on the spiritual journey. Um, and so I'm so glad that you had that, that, you know, that you, that you had that opportunity. And then of course, God, God worked and it's so beautiful um, that you now have your, your nine, you know, children here on earth. And, and then of course your, your 10th in heaven. Um, and it, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so the fact that you're sharing that um, God, you know, sometimes it seems like it's black and white here. I'm supposed to, like in your case, I'm supposed to be a nun and that's what I'm supposed to do. 
but then God will work even in the midst of that. So um, quick question for you. How do you think your experience as a nun um, prepared you for family life? Yeah, that's a great question because um, it, it really, really has. It, it really has. Uh, well, first of all, all those days spent in prayer and um, doing lauds and compliment and, and vespers and um, spiritual reading and all um, that those graces I still draw on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am so sure that they stored up for me lots of graces that I need to call upon many times as a mom. But also it taught me obedience. And, mm-hmm. and I don't mean necessarily just being subjected to my husband, but my state in life requires me to do this, even if I don't want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so being obedient to my vocation, you know, as mom now. Um, the uh, I, I often laugh and say, I still live out the, the vows because poverty, like my, my income, the little bit that I get, I work for the church, but um, you know, that goes towards family needs, you know? So, um, and not necessarily on things that I always want, you know? And then um, I I also learned a lot about my, my faith. I grew up in a time after Vatican council too, where um, we kind of got lost a little bit and um, didn't learn our faith as well. Um, I was blessed with great parents. My mom and dad, um, taught me my faith well. My dad even sat down with Baltimore Catechism after Sunday school because <laughs> he knew I was missing out. So he made sure I memorized those catechism questions and all. But even though I had that, the convent kind of brought it all together. Mm-hmm. And not, not only was I knowing my faith, but I was living it and mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. it. And it became not just something of um, what I knew, but how I lived. And mm-hmm. uh, so... But those five years in the convent were not a mistake. Uh, right. God sent me there, I, I'm sure, for many reasons, one, one of which I, I know is probably to save my soul, um, mm-hmm. but also to help me grow in my faith, in my love, in my understanding of how to live out my Catholic faith mm-hmm. in whatever it is God's calling to me, me to be, which ultimately was to be a mom of a large family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's so often people will go, as you said, you know, gee, that was a mistake. You spent five years, you like wasted five years. And it's God doesn't work that way. Everything prepares us for what it, you know he has in store for us as next. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that you're able to see that and, and to share that with people, because oftentimes I'll run into uh, you know, younger women of where they'll be like, oh no, I wasted my time doing that. And it's like, no, that's going to come into play at some point. You just can't see where it is yet. That's right. <laughs> uh, but, um, but you're a writer. Um, that's part of the reason why we're together today is because you, uh, you put out a book um, you know, called uh, Saintly Moms, uh, 25 Stories of Holiness. And um, I was really excited to see this because of the fact that I think so often uh, there's not good models that are out there to remind us of, you know, who it is that we're called to be and in all the many ways that we can be that way, uh, especially as moms. And uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you know, kind of what prompted you to, to write the book? Exactly what you're saying, Christina. Okay. Um, so when, um, after I got married, my husband and I had three children in three years and one day. And, mm-hmm. um, I was in over my head <laughs> and I felt like I wasn't doing this mother thing right. And it was really hard. And I was really, um, 
I mean, I, I'm pretty much an organized person. Well, I was, I was thrown into chaos with that third child. I mean, I didn't have three hands to hold on to them. You know, I'm like, well, now what? So mm-hmm. um, I remembered in the convent during spiritual reading, we had spiritual reading every day for a half hour. And I loved the biography of saints. And I found a lot of encouragement and a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I knew uh, my parents were very clear in teaching me, um, just like what you said, we, your whole podcast said yes to holiness. I am, I am called to be holy. I'm called to be a saint. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, you know what? This is not going well right now. <laughs> not feeling very saintly or holy. So mm-hmm. I started looking for biographies of moms who were saints. Like surely there are women out there who have been here, done this, and not only survived motherhood, but actually thrived in it. So mm-hmm. I started looking for biographies of mommy saints. And, and I read Zelie Martin and St. Monica and St. Kiana Mola and, um, yeah somewhere along the line, I thought, you know what, I'm not the only mom that feels this way. So I'm going to start taking notes. And one day when the kids are grown, I'm going to sit down and write this book to help encourage and inspire other moms the way I've been encouraged, inspired by these saintly moms. Mm-hmm. And well, you, you shared a couple of those uh, that, that you read, uh, of course, St. Zelie and also uh, St. Gianna. And those are probably the two of the moms that are most well known, you know, to our culture today. But you have some other moms that I had never heard of. Um, and so like uh, St. Theneva, um and saint ludmilla uh and i was going oh wow look at that there's there's those who i i hadn't heard before uh saint uh, i'd heard of saint jane francis de chantel of course uh because i'm a huge saint francis de sales um you know uh, uh a fan and but uh there there were so many here that I had never encountered. And uh, so that was one of the great joys for me with your book was encountering other models and examples, but to see the richness of the different backgrounds. So um, share a little bit about how you went and picked out who you were going to share about. So I I had about 45 mom saints. um, Okay. And our Sunday visitor had asked me to knock it down to 25 which was really difficult now I mean some of it was easier some of the moms I didn't know as much about so I was able to to take them out um they they asked that I take out the old testament mommies so that knocked Mm -hmm. it down um and and then I was still left with like I needed to cut back about seven more so in all honesty I just went around to some of the kids and, and my husband and said, pick a number between one and 32. <laughs> and I know like my husband's like number seven. I was like, no, wait, that's St. Helen. You can't knock out the emperor's mom, you know, <laughs> pick another number. <laughs> so, um, um, so, but I did want, I did want to make sure that they span the time. So from as early as St. Anne and St. Elizabeth and Our Lady and all the way up to modern saints like St. Zelie and St. Gianna. I wanted, mm-hmm. so I made, wanted to make sure that I had a representation throughout that time frame, And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to make sure that the moms had something that we could relate to today, even if they lived a thousand years ago or a thousand five hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. What is it in her life that she can teach me today? So the ones that I ended up picking, I felt like uh, they had a, a lesson to teach us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were the what were the lessons or what is a lesson? that you think is really important for a mom to know? Well, um, one is not to beat yourself up, you know? Okay. So um, to just know that God is giving you a grace 
in whatever situation you find yourself mm -hmm. to just take a deep breath, say prayers, <laughs> say your prayers and, and go with it, you know, and just trust. I think that's the big thing that all these women had, um, especially the martyrs, but even if they weren't martyrs by blood, all of them suffered like that white martyrdom of motherhood, where you have to sacrifice your own wants and needs and desires mm -hmm. for your family. And so um, you can do it. God's giving you the graces to do it. So accept those graces. And I think the other big lesson that I learned is that you have to make time for prayer. And, and sometimes mm -hmm. that's really hard when you have a bunch of little ones waking up early in the morning. And, um, you know, by the time they go to bed in the evening, you're just exhausted. But you right. have to find some time that works for you, even if it's nap time. Put them all down in for a nap. And I know the temptation might be to go clean up all the books that they took off the bookshelf or, you know, get some mm -hmm. chores done. But before doing that, just sit back and, and just spend time with the Lord so that you can be filled with, with the graces that you need to do mm -hmm. it. Because motherhood is a, is a difficult job and it does require a lot of sacrifice on our part but it's, it's worth it. It's just that we need a little help from the Holy spirit. So to make time for prayer and, mm -hmm. and then to just do your best and, and let God do the rest. Uh, do your best and let God do the rest. And how, how wonderful that advice is, particularly during this time of the year. We're in the midst of Advent and heading towards Christmas. And this tends to be uh, one of the most busy times of the year, especially for moms. And, uh, you know, so making time for prayer and, and just do your best and let God do the rest is, is beautiful wisdom uh, to, to share with people. Thank you. Um, is there a particular one you said you, you made mention of your husband had chosen number seven and uh, St. Helen was going to get knocked out of there, but um, was St. Helen your favorite or, uh, you know, or who, who's kind of uh, your favorite or tied for that you love <laughs> writing about? So, um, I mean, my favorite is the Blessed Mother, but I did not like writing about her in all honesty, because it's quite intimidating having to write about the Blessed Mother, especially when so many great and lofty things have been written about her. So, mm -hmm. um, but I am always forever grateful to Our Lady because she is the reason why everything we do is sanctified because, mm -hmm. because she changed dirty diapers and made meals for her family and all that. Um, mm -hmm. Me doing the same thing makes, makes them, there's ordinary everyday tasks holy. I can become holy by doing these things, making lunches, folding clothes, doing the laundry, you know, um, changing dirty diapers. These things are holy. Um, as long as I do them for love of my family and love of Jesus, just like Mary did. So mm -hmm. she's got to be your favorite. But if right. you're talking about, if you exclude our lady, <laughs> because she <laughs> is so extraordinary um, it, and it is hard. I, I, I do love St. Helen. Uh, I don't know that she's necessarily my absolute favorite, but I, I love her because um, she, she's late in becoming a Christian. And mm. when she does, she goes full force Christian, <laughs> you know, I mean, like uh, it, it becomes her, her resources go to building churches. Mm -hmm. um, her son gives her this incredible mission of, of traveling to the Holy Land to preserve um, any relics that she can find, um, to preserve the holy sites of our Lord. Uh, and, and she's no spring chicken. She's older right. than I am. So I, and I can't ima <laughs> imagine. Um, so, and, and she does it with such diligence and um, such enthusiasm. She doesn't complain about being tired. As a matter of fact, um, here she is, the 
the mother of the emperor. Mm -hmm. And she is washing the feet of pilgrims who are coming to the Holy Land. She's serving mm -hmm. them meals, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think her example of humility and accepting the mission that you've been given with zeal and enthusiasm is a wonderful example um, for me personally, but for all moms, you know, because we each have a mission that's unique to us and Amen. only we can perform that mission, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think um, St. Helen shows us you know, just, just embrace it and go with it and do it the best you can. Mm. Yeah. I think so often, um, you know, we forget the fact that, um, yeah, we're all called to be saints. That's a common, you know, vocation for all of us and in, in our particular state of life, especially, you know, if we're called to motherhood, but so often we forget that we have a mission that no one else can do. Uh, God created us to do it, no one else, uh, you know, to do it. And I think sometimes we struggle with that unique and unrepeatable mission that we have, because I think deep down, and I think this is something that uh, we all struggle with a little bit, which is, um, who am I? You know, our world tells us if we don't have a grand following, uh, you know, on social media or aren't making a lot of money or don't have some position of power uh, of some sort. And moms definitely don't qualify for, for any of those um, usually. So it's something of where we're convinced that we don't have anything truly worthwhile truly precious and priceless to offer. And it, it, that thank you for that example, because I, I, I was not aware of, of uh, St. Helen, of her going and serving the pilgrims when she went. I knew she'd gone to the Holy Land, but I didn't know that about her. That That's really great for me to remember too. But to embrace it and go with it and to, to become you know exactly who God created you to be, and that that's beautiful. So thank yeah, you. It's awful when we try to compare ourselves to others because our our mission mm -hmm. is unique, and so um, our gifts are unique. We waste way too much time, especially us as mommies, comparing how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. How my, you know, God gave you the children you have because you're the best mommy for those children. So don't mm -hmm. waste time comparing yourself to other people, and that's in anything at work, at home. Uh, you just respond to the graces God gives you. And you'll look mm -hmm. back on your life and say, wow, look what he's done with me. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that, that's what, that's what we, we hope for. I think, you know, I yeah. definitely yeah. hope for that. Um, is that uh, when I, when I finally uh, get before our Lord and uh, I'm hoping to hear the well done, good and faithful servant. But uh, what I truly am longing for is to be able to see the, you know, uh, I think a lot of people talk about a tapestry and we get to see the backside of where all the cross stitching and all the knots and everything are. And we get to flip it over and we get to see what, what the beautiful, you know, tapestry is that he made of our life. And, um, and, and that is something where in the midst of the busyness in the midst of the messiness in the midst of the chaos, as you explained, you know, when, when you're with your first three, um, what changed for you? at that point, um, you know, so you said you're kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed and the chaos of, you know, you didn't have three hands, you know. Um, so what what was it that was significant for you that, that made the difference? Um, accepting the fact that it's just gonna be messy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Embracing the chaos, you know, and, and truly it's still chaotic, you know, but yeah. God brings order out of chaos, which we see in, in Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, sometimes it's probably not as chaotic as I think it is, 
it's, mm -hmm. it's chaotic to me because it's not going my way and it's not going as smoothly mm -hmm. as I want it to. Mm -hmm. But I, I, at some point I just learned to embrace that and be okay. And I still struggle. I still struggle with it. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. my house gets to be a, a great mess and, and my father, God bless him, often reminds me then that means your house is a home and that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. You know, mm -hmm. so, but, but he has to remind me still, you know, at 50 years old, <laughs> your house mm -hmm. is a home and it looks lived in and that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, it, it is still something I struggle with, but I understand that um, to God and your tapestry uh, example is beautiful. Like I'm looking at it from the back, but God mm -hmm. sees the whole thing, right? So mm -hmm. uh, uh, yes, to get to heaven and see the beautiful masterpiece he made with my mess will be a wonderful thing but it is embracing it was embracing the the chaos and just know that it's it's i have to change i have to change the way i see see things and mm -hmm. just allow god to bring order out of this mess you know? mm -hmm. and he will and he has Mm. And I think it goes back to your point before about making time for prayer each day, because that's how we change, you know, our change, our perspective is changed is because, you know, we're, we're both wearing eyeglasses. But the fact is, is that that's where God puts on his eyeglasses onto our eyes and also for us to hear um, so that we're able to see him at work. We're able to see his presence and we're able to see things the way he sees them, uh, where he doesn't see a mess. He sees great beauty. He sees a lived-in home. He sees uh, joy and happiness and, you know, great love. And so often we negate those. And also I think we, you know, especially as families, uh, one of the things that I think is so important is for families to be inviting other families. And I know in the midst of the pandemic, you were just talking about the fact that your kids were just exposed to somebody and yeah. now they're, you know, kind of quarantining and, but... <clears throat> excuse me, but it's something of where into that we have the opportunity to be able to, you know, show other people, hey, this is what family is. Family isn't this perfect, you know, hey, everybody is wearing their best stuff and, you know, but rather family is about being present in the messiness and loving one another in that. And uh, so that that's a absolutely wonderful um, wow. So uh, where is it that um, people might be able to get a hold of your book? Well, probably the easiest way is Amazon. Mm -hmm. Amazon's pretty darn efficient in getting it to you. Um, yeah. But you can visit my website, um, none to nine that you um, mm -hmm. gave earlier. Um, so N-U-N, the number two, N-I-N-E. Um, you can reach out to me and, and I can sign a copy and send it to you. Uh, okay. But the, the mail here sometimes is a little slow. I'm out in the country. So if you mm -hmm. want it quicker, Amazon's a way to go. Um, Barnes & Noble, I've been told, has it. And mm -hmm. then, of course, your local Catholic bookstores. And if they mm -hmm. don't have it, they can call our Sunday visitor and get it. Okay. Or you can reach out to our Sunday visitor yourself and get it. So, mm -hmm. so. Wonderful. Well, um, also, I want to draw attention to the fact of on your website, you have uh, a couple of other things that are going on, um, you know, so you have uh, d different things from because uh, you blog very faithfully. Um, and so you have uh, some uh, some beautiful insights. It's not like every week, but even so, uh, it's a beautiful sharing about living family life in the midst of our, our day to day. And uh, so I, I encourage people to go and to check that out. Um, and so have you written other books? I wanted to, to bring that up too. 
I um I, I don't right now. Again, I, I kind of wait and see what God has in mind. I, this was a dream I had. I, I, I didn't know that God would ever really let that dream come true. And I surely did not think, because my kids are growing up, but they're not grown up. I kind of pictured doing this when they were all out of the house. I homeschool until high school. So I'm mm-hmm. still homeschooling. I was homeschooling four kids when I started the book. Mm-hmm. And um, so when our Sunday visitor reached out and said, hey, we're looking for new book ideas. I was like, Lord, really now? Like, I still got four kids I'm homeschooling, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I reached out to them. I said, well, here's my dream. And they mm-hmm. were like, yes, great idea. This is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, oh my goodness, Lord, now we got to write it. <laughs> you know? So um, he hasn't made it known to me. Um, I have had like some of the men say, well, when are you going to do saintly dads or some ah. teenagers saying, when are you going to do saintly teens or, mm-hmm. um, and then some people want to know more about my story of, being in the convent to having a family of 11, you know, so, mm-hmm. but he hasn't placed that on my heart yet. So okay. he might have other things in mind for me. I'm not sure. But as soon as he lets me know that I'm going to be like St. Helen and just go for it, but he hasn't said anything yet. He hasn't made it clear to me. Well, it, it's beautiful that you're modeling discernment. Um, and uh, so often people will, you know, respond to uh, the first thing, which is, yo. Oh, so when are you going to do the saintly dad's book and think that that's, you know, what you have to do. And so thank you for, for modeling that because in our go, go, go society of what's the next thing, um, it's beautiful to see someone who is waiting. Uh, and what a, what a perfect example, especially during this Advent season. How can we wait? How can we uh, await our Lord's promptings um, and then uh, take that next step? So uh, wonderful. Well, you said you're out in the country, and I just wanted to, to ask again, where is it that you're, that you're located? Because I think geographically, uh, I think we have a connection um, as well. So I'm in Carroll County, Maryland. So I'm not too far from the National Grotto of Our Lady of Lords. Okay. Um, about 40 minutes from Emmitsburg, Maryland, that holy mountain where Mother Seton lived. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, with a lot of cows out here, a couple of pigs and chickens running around. <laughs> so I am mm-hmm. not a farm girl. I grew up right outside the city of Baltimore. But when you have a lot of kids, you want some land for them to go outside and play on. Mm-hmm. My husband did grow up on, on a lot of land. So it, mm-hmm. it's another great testimony to our Lord and his divine providence. When you are generous with God, he outdoes you in generosity. I would have never thought working for the church and my husband is an electrician. He's not a CEO of any big company. And -hmm. yet I live in a home plenty big for all of us on four acres of land out here in the country and just just Mm -hmm. shows how God is so generous when you're generous with him. Uh, Well, thank you for that. Um, Because during this time of, we're encouraged to be generous during this time but so often we're living from a place of scarcity. And so therefore it makes it that much more difficult for us to, to live you know, with that mindset of God is abundant. God is generous far more than we can ever be. You know? And so it, it's beautiful to, uh, to see again, you know, you're, you're giving us a model of trust um, and obedience and discernment and beautiful uh, that we have that uh, during this Advent season, but especially 
that we have your book, uh, Saintly Moms, uh, to be able to reflect upon and to journey with as well. So I, I so appreciate your time today. It, it's such a joy and a pleasure. And geographically, I'm down, I'm in Fort Payne, Alabama. And so when you were a, a Dominican sister, you had said that you had been assigned to uh, to teach down in Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. at uh, St. Rose, I believe. Yes, St. Rose Academy. Yeah. It was my first year teaching. I loved it. I love mm -hmm. I love Birmingham. It's so unique. It's uh, I mean, like on your job applications, I think they must put like your name, your address, Birmingham or Auburn, you know, <laughs> Alabama or Auburn. They are passionate football mm -hmm. um, fans down there and uh, just very warm and loving people, unless you're on the rooting for the opposing team otherwise <laughs> yeah uh, and this saturday was was that day of where uh you know a neighbor was against neighbor and family member against family member as the iron bowl happened and very dramatic uh you know iron bowl this year but uh the the fact is is that uh you know uh, su such a, a good place and of course ewtn uh, is in our diocese and uh, such a, such a grace for us so um but we, you know, uh, those six degrees of separation um, is uh, it, we're always connected in the body of Christ. Yeah, so, yeah. and we have a priest, a friend, a mutual priest friend in the yes. very holy Father Brian Nolan. Yeah, a wonderful, wonderful priest. So I met Father Brian uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, um, as I was going through the School of Faith Spiritual Mentorship uh, Program, and Father Brian was a part of that and uh, had the opportunity, uh, we joke, uh, because we played basketball. That was one of our evening recreational activities, and so uh, played basketball, but uh, he is a beautiful example of when we have found the vocation that our Lord has created us for, and we live it out, then we're a beautiful model of sanctity, not because we're perfect, but rather because we are whole. And, uh, and, and he definitely is an example of that. So uh, it, it's always wonderful uh, to be able to hear of others who are praying for him and, and supporting him on his journey. So awesome absolutely absolutely he is a beautiful priest he was um campus minister at mount st mary's up in emmitsburg where two of my sons went my two oldest he now has his own parish so i'm happy for saint isaac jokes but i mourn for the kids up at mount st mary's they are missing out on a great campus minister because you, you're right he is a whole and holy priest mm -hmm. and and that's what our our brothers are called to uh, our brothers are called to uh, to holiness in whatever state of life uh, they they are called to, just as we uh, we we women are as well. And so, uh, the the key is uh, to uh, discern well uh, and to allow our Lord to work through all things. And just like your story, uh, from none to now, you know, nine you know kids uh, here, uh, you know, uh, in in a full family life. Our Lord always is working through everything, and he always brings about good for those who love him. So uh, what, what a beautiful message. Uh, so thank you. Well, thank you again, everyone, for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Um, and remember to continue throughout this Advent season to keep doing whatever it takes so together we can tell the master of death, not today. Have a blessed day, everyone. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from the conversation that Kelly and I just had? Well, we talked about the fact that 
we don't always feel very saintly or very holy, but one of the ways that we can overcome this is by finding good models for us to pursue ourselves in order to get us through those times when we're not feeling saintly and holy. And that's where going out and getting a copy of Kelly's book, Saintly Moms, would be a great way to help you do that. The other is look for a group of moms. It might be just in your neighborhood, it might be at your parish, but connect with other moms so that you can continue to encourage and inspire one another to live out your vocation. And finally, be very attentive to, Kelly said, don't beat yourself up. And I think especially during this very busy time of the year, that that's a very important resolution for us to have. Don't beat yourself up. Make time for prayer. Do your best and let God do the rest. Hey, Christina Simmons here. And I just wanted to invite you to reach out so we can talk, so we can figure out how we can together make 2022 your best year yet. Do you need some accountability? Or perhaps it's a little bit of strategic planning, deciding how it is and what it is that you're going to focus on your priorities this next year? Or is it you really want to finally put that plan of life together? Or maybe it's figuring out how are you going to develop those spiritual habits that you've wanted to have in your life for the longest time, but haven't been able to do it yet. So reach out. Christina Simmons at gmail.com. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.